When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Wednesday, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is a brand new episode of I've Got a Secret. Do you feel run down, burnt out? Well, this episode might be just the thing you need to feel rested and rejuvenated. I have physician, speaker, and award-winning author, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith with me today. She's here to talk about rest and how we can get more of it. She educates on the seven specific types of rest needed to optimize your productivity, increase your overall happiness, overcome burnout, and live your best life. You might not even know you're missing the reset moments that you need until you hear her break it all down. This is the secret to finally getting some rest. Welcome, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. I am so happy you're here with us today. It is my pleasure to join you, Robin. Oh, listen, this is something I think everyone needs to hear about because we all live such busy, fast-paced lives. And I have to tell you, I took your test and it is so interesting. And I love hearing about all these categories of rest. There are so many different kinds of rest that we all need. I love that you're here to tell us all about it. So first of all, can you talk about your upbringing and how it contributed to your views on proper rest? Yes, I'm a workaholic. I I admit that without problem. Um, and I think a lot of people are like that. You're naturally driven. You're you're a high achiever. You like to get things done and check things off your to box, and you have a to do list for your to do list. <laughs> but when that's your personality, it's very easy to dismiss your own need for rest. And so, you know, I'm a, in I'm an internal medicine physician. I've been in clinical practice for over 20 years. And medical school does not train you to rest. It actually trains you the opposite direction to learn how to function on as little sleep as possible. So all of those things added up to me eventually burning out. And so about 10 years into my medical practice, it was right after the birth of my two sons. They were toddlers at the time, both under the age of two. I burned out. I hit a wall. I bet you did. Medical school and then two young little boys. That'll do it for sure. And you know what I found so interesting about taking the test and and then reading so much about you, it's everything was just so enlightening that there are so many different areas in our life that we can burn out when it comes to not getting the types of rest that we need. What were your symptoms of burnout? Everything hurt. My body was constantly inflamed. Um, you know, there was nothing medically wrong with me. As a physician, I could do all the tests. So I checked all the tests to make sure nothing was wrong. But that my body hurt all the time. I couldn't sleep. My mind was overactive. I was always processing information. Um, even when I did try to go to sleep, I couldn't unwind enough to actually get into deeper levels of sleep. So the only thing that really traditional medicine continued to keep telling me was you need to get more sleep. Well, what happens when you go to bed and you sleep eight hours and you wake up still exhausted? 
because that's where I found myself. And that's where I found a lot of my patients as well. Wow. You know, when I was taking your test, I found that when I would read one of the questions that really related to myself and my, my levels of rest, I thought, oh, but wait a minute, is that bad? Because I, that kind of works for me. You know, when it, it, it asked me, you know, do you go right to sleep when you go to bed? Or do you lie there and think about your day and click things off in your mind and go through a mental list and that kind of thing. I was like, oh no, is that going to be bad? Because that really kind of works for me or this and that. But it was very, very interesting to find out that, wow, I'm really bad about not turning my brain off. I'm really bad about, you know, aches and pains. That's true. I do. I have these, this pain in my neck all the time because I'm not really turning my brain off. I'm not allowing myself to get the proper amount of rest. So tell us, what is the difference between sleep and rest? Oh, that's a great question, because I think that's where the problem lies for most of us. When you think about sleep, most of us use the word sleep and rest interchangeably. We act as if they're exactly the same thing. But when you look at sleep, sleep really is only a form of passive rest because you're not doing anything. And at the very core of rest is this need for restoration. It's actually, it's not the cessation of activity only. It's those activities that actually pour back into the things that we drain. So all of those energy buckets that you're draining throughout the day, whether it's physical or mental or creative, whatever it is, sleeping is not gonna pour back into the bucket. Going to sleep just prevents further drainage, but it doesn't restore. And that is the part of rest that most of us are missing, the restorative aspect of it. And that's why sometimes even after sleeping, people still wake up drained because they haven't poured back into the area of their life where they're expending the most energy. So when you're sleeping, you're not pouring back into the bucket. You're not giving yourself more energy. I mean, we all need sleep, but we need mm -hmm. that rest. Absolutely. In the, exactly. the, the area that I was the most in need of was physical rest. And I thought, wow, that is so true because I never allow myself time to just sit down and give my physical body the rest it needs because I'm always going. I hit the ground running every morning. So it's very, very interesting. So rest and self-care might go hand in hand, but they are not the same thing, Correct. They're, they're part of the same process. And I love what you just mentioned about, about physical rest, because physical rest, before, I, before we leave that topic, I think one of the things that we have to make sure we understand is that physical rest actually has a passive and an active component. So the passive component is that sleeping we talked about, the active component, which could very well be the one that you're missing the most, which a lot of people are missing, is that part that specifically looks at the circulation, the lymphatic drainage, how your body uh, really relates to the ergonomics of your workstation, where you spend most of your day, whether or not you need massage therapy, or if you need to do stretches because of the muscle integrity and flexibility. There's so many components to that physical. So I wanted to make sure I hit oh, that because good. it might be more than sleep that you're needing. Sleep primarily is a component of physical rest, but it's passive. Yes. That active component is what a lot of people are missing. And that's why they're chronically painful. That's why their body aches all the time and their legs are swelling and they got varicose veins and all these other things related to a physical rest deficit. But to answer your question, yeah. <laughs> so I don't get too far off track. To answer your question, 
specifically that the area that I find that a lot of people are having to deal with when it relates to self-care is understanding that self-care includes rest, but it also includes a lot of other things too. It's, it's boundaries. It's understanding when to say yes and when to say no. It's vulnerability. It's honoring your own needs. It's prioritizing. There's so many components to self-care uh, and rest is a part of that, but it goes so much deeper. Oh, I so believe in self-care. I talk about it as much as I can. I try to influence anyone that'll listen that it's not selfish to take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally. Just put yourself first whenever you can, because if you take care of yourself, then you can take care of those you love. I truly believe in putting yourself first and taking care of yourself. But I would love to go back to what we did just talk about, and that's some of the ways you can give yourself physical rest without sleeping. So you talked about massage therapy. What are some of the other Mm -hmm. ways you can give yourself some physical rest for your body? Yeah, so I love that question because... Uh, many of us, that's what we're, ha- we're going to need to do. We don't need to focus all of our burnout prevention on a vacation or on the weekends. You need to actually incorporate it within your day. So the very first thing I have a lot of patients do is evaluate what does your workstation look like and how do you feel after engaging with your workstation? So if you're working from home and you're sitting at a computer, how does your body feel when you first sit down? How does it feel after two hours, five hours? Because if you start noticing pain, stiffness, tension, then there's something ergonomically incorrect that is causing further stress on your body, which is a sign of a rest deficit. It's an area that needs restored. So whether that's stretches that you do, whether that's elevating your monitor so that your eye level is in proper balance, whether that's getting something to support your wrist so that you don't get carpal tunnel at work or a footstool so that the chair isn't pushing up against your legs and causing vein compression. So many small tweaks just within the workstation that you can do. That's what we find that a lot of companies have to make adjustments within their actual office space so that their employees can do better work for longer periods of time without feeling the tension of their body. Um, Other things you can do include things like foam rollers, if you're an athlete and you're finding that your body's not keeping up with your desire to for peak performance, foam rollers, stretching, massage therapy, as we mentioned, leisure walks, where you're not actually trying to yoga, you know, anything where you're not actually trying to necessarily burn calories, but it's more about improving the circulation, the lymphatics, as well as the muscle integrity. Wow. I love that. You know, I just thought of something. I think it would be a great idea if any workplace would gather their employees together and say, what is it you need throughout the day that would allow you to have more rest? So it would allow you to have a better work day here at the workplace. So maybe someone sits too long at their desk and maybe their employer could encourage them maybe once an hour, get up and walk around the workplace. If they had to go out into the hallway, we work in a building, so we have a hallway. Get up from your desk and take one walk up and down the hall maybe two or three times, but don't just sit in one place for the entire day. Make sure you have plenty of liquid water at your desk and refresh yourself, refresh your body. And I think it would be a great focus group to have with your employees. Find out what is it we can do to help everyone get more rest for your body throughout the day. Absolutely. We work with a lot of global companies within my workplace wellness consulting agency, Restoracist. And what we're finding is most companies 
when they see a large shift in the number of employees and they're finding that people are exiting, it's not usually that they're exiting because they hate the company necessarily, or they even hate the culture. They get to a point where they no longer have the energy to do the work that they're passionate about. And so they just feel like I can't keep going anymore. And so what we're finding is that a huge part of recruitment now and retention is equipping people with some of these soft skills, resilient skills to help them be able to restore themselves in the office, not just that home part. When you go home, do these things and feel more rested, but the things they can actually do within the office and that leaders can actually encourage, as you've mentioned. Oh, I love that. And do you suggest we incorporate each type of rest into every day? That's the thing. Every person will have certain types of rest that they're most efficient in. And so of the seven types of rest, the physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, social, sensory, and creative, the work that you do will dictate the type of rest you're predisposed to have a deficiency in, especially if it's a type of rest you've never thought about. For example, if you're someone who's very innovative within your work, you're having to be creative, think outside of the box, problem solve, brainstorm, you're using a lot of creative energy. And we find that a lot of times people in very excelling roles, leaders, CEOs, CFOs, the C-suite, tend to be using an excessive amount of creative energy and have never thought about creative rest. They've never thought about how to restore that part of themselves. And so we're seeing them burn out at a much faster rate, particularly post-pandemic. Interesting. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Julio Gallarotti, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. We do two things on every podcast, and one is a drink of the day. And so we've been doing that. And when we do our drink of the day, we create a drink that focuses on our topic and our guest. And sadly, you're not with us in the podcast studio today. We're doing this virtually, but we still can do it, and our listeners can hear all about it. So we created a drink, and we're calling it the R&R. I wanted to create a non-alcoholic way to unwind. This sips just like a cocktail, but uses a non-alcohol spirit and natural sweetness. With this R&R drink, you have two ounces of non-alcoholic aperitif. And so I'm using Gia. It has a half ounce of date syrup, three sprigs of thyme, three dashes of orange bitters, and soda water. You combine the thyme and the aperitif into a shaker with ice and shake until frosty. Strain into a glass with a large ice cube, add the bitters and soda and stir. Garnish with more thyme and enjoy. So sadly, you're not here and I can't hand this to you, but oh, I love cheers it. <laughs> to you in your honor. 
So for everyone listening, you can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and you can see the recipe and you can make this beautiful R&R drink for yourself. So let's talk about another type of rest, mental rest. Do you have any tips of how to make time for mental rest with a packed schedule? Yeah. And, and you mentioned something that that I think a lot of people would benefit from because mental rest deficits, uh, first of all, most people experience the mental rest deficit most when they're about to go to sleep. <laughs> That's when the people tell that they are experiencing it. You can't shut your brain up. You want to go to sleep, but your head's very active and you're processing information rather than drifting off. And so, as you mentioned, if you're someone that the second you try to go to bed, this happens, something as simple as doing what we call a brain dump can be helpful right before bed. Have a notepad, a post-it note, you get to choose what you use, but something to just jot down those thoughts, because just the process of releasing it onto a piece of paper will help your brain release that information and you could go into deeper levels of sleep. If you're at work, Something you can consider is decreasing the amount of multitasking that you do in the middle of the day. So rather than having 20 tabs open where you're bouncing around from one thing to another, take some time to focus on a specific activity. And that decreases the amount of excessive engagement that the brain's having to go through when you're bouncing from one thing to the next. Wow. I love that suggestion. I am going to get a pad tonight and put it next to my bed because when I was taking the test, it talked about that. And I thought, wow, I do. I lie there and I just go through so many things in my mind. I have a hard time going to sleep. So what about sensory rest? What do you suggest for that? That's one that I we have found over the past two years since the pandemic has been exceedingly high for most people. Um, our free assessment at restquiz.com, when people take that, initially it was always mental rest. That was the highest. But right after 2020, sensory jumped through the roof. And I feel that for most people, when they become sensory overwhelmed, they're not aware of how many sensory inputs are in their environment. So sensory rest takes into account all of those sensory inputs and how you respond to them. So what there are the lights, the sounds, the smells. So take into account what does your office or your workspace look like? Are they, are you sitting by the elevator and you're hearing the dings all day long? Are you hearing phones ringing? Or if you're working from home, do you hear the kids playing in another room or a TV going? Because all of those things, even if consciously you're tuning them out, as most of us have learned how to do, you tune out things that are not necessary in the moment. Subconsciously, your body is still processing that sensory input. And for most of us, when we become sensory overwhelmed, our response is irritation, agitation, rage, or anger. So if you find that you're more irritable at the end of the day, start looking at some of the sensory inputs in your work environment or your home environment and start downgrading them. There's a, there's beauty in silence. Some of us need a lot more of it than we've been getting. Wow. That is so interesting because I personally love complete silence. So I don't, I don't love having the TV going in the background and I don't, I don't love having music all the time, but my husband loves to have the TV on whatever room he's in. He immediately turns the TV on and he starts watching it. But if he gets distracted, he still has to have that TV on. And when he's at his desk in his office, he turns music on and he has to have it really loud. Now, he could be focused on his work, but he has to have that radio and the music on so loud. And 
I'm always so shocked at that because I'm like, it's so distracting to me, but it helps him concentrate. You know, that's really interesting because what the music for a lot of people is how they experience creative rest. So I'm curious to see if he's using a lot of creative energy and even without knowing it, he's developed a system to restore his creative rest while he's at work without even being aware, because that's what a lot of people are, are doing. They're finding out that they have naturally adopted some restorative practices without fully even understanding how they are helping them. Wow. Because like if he travels, if he has to go out of town and I'm at home, I'll never turn the TV on while he's gone. I will leave just complete silence in the house. And it's so peaceful to me. So he'll come home and he'll go, you never watched this show or you didn't catch up on this show. Or I never turn the TV on when he's gone. It, it just, he's just shocked. It's just crazy. And so it's a positive for him. And what is an adequate amount of time away from these sensory items that you were talking about? Well, that's the thing. It differs for every person. Just as you mentioned with you and your husband, every everyone's restorative activities and rest needs are completely different. And so one person might be able to be on social media four or five hours a day with no problem, where another person just 30 minutes is enough to cause them to feel like they're they're anxious. So each person really has to judge for themselves the amount. One of the things we're all, we are finding is that most people tend to have a negative response to notifications. And so a lot of times if you're noticing you tend to be very anxious or wound up and high strung, downgrade the number of notifications on your phone. For many people, the phone itself and the text messages are the only notifications that you really need for emergencies. Everything else, you can still have the app on the phone, social media and news, but choose when you want to engage with them rather than allowing them to push you stress whenever they want to. I love that. And then the next type is creative rest. Can you explain that? Yeah. So creative rest is the rest we experience when we allow ourselves to appreciate beauty in whatever form and allow it to inspire and awaken something inside of us. And so some people experience that with things like your husband, music or lit or theater or dance or reading. Other people experience with natural beauty, like the ocean or the mountains or the trees or flowers. And so each person has to determine what inspires them, what awakens that creative flow within, within them, and then incorporate some of that within your day. You know, one of the great studies that, that we saw when we were doing some of this research was that when they looked at the MRI of brains, when someone, right after someone had looked at a body of water versus someone who looked at a picture of a body of water versus someone who had looked at colors that resemble a body of water, those people who said that water was refreshing to them had the same brain activity in all three settings. So if, if beaches and being at the beach and, you know, helps you feel restored, you can actually just put a picture on your lock screen, have a nautical theme within your home or your office. You can bring that creative rest into your environment and have a very similar brain response. Wow. I read a study once that the color of lavender and mint, those two colors bring a peacefulness to a person. Like if you walked into a room that was painted those two colors, it would tend to bring a sense of peace and calm to you. And there, therefore, if you walk into spas and salons, more than likely they'll be painted one of those two colors. 
Absolutely. So many of them use those, what I call the, the teals and the aquamarines and those colors that are hinting upon the ocean. And I think that's the reason they've really tapped into that, you know, but even um, on the other side of that, when you want people to be alert and to be uh, kind of creatively awakened, a lot of the tech companies that we work with, what they do is they actually bring in accent walls that have bright orange and bright yellow and bright reds because it works in that direction as well, as well as hospitals that we work with bring in art art walkways. Like they'll have local artists come in and put up their pictures and their paintings because even those who are in careers you'd never think of as being uh, creative, like medicine, use creative energy because of the problem solving. So you can bring those elements really into any workplace. Wow. I have two bedrooms now in my home that I have done for my grandchildren. And before it was just one bedroom that my first two grandchildren, brother and sister, I had done for them. But now just in the last year, I have two new grandchildren from our other son. So I now have taken two bedrooms. One bedroom is for the girls and the other bedroom is now going to be for the boys, even though our grandson London is about to turn 11 and our newest grandson is just five months old. I'm still going to do it for the boys. So I thought, okay, well, I think I'll do the theme of the boys bedroom, a nautical theme. So I hired a woman, a muralist, and I was going to do all of the walls and the ceiling, a mural of under the sea. And so I started looking online and trying to give her a theme of what I wanted on all the walls. And it was just going to be as if they were under the ocean. But I decided not to do it because as I started looking at everything, I thought, I don't know that they'd ever be able to go to sleep. I got so claustrophobic thinking about the mural being on every wall in the ceiling. I decided not to do it. So do you think that was the right thing to do? (laughs) Well, I love murals. I love murals. I, I do. I have seen some that are quite busy, however, for a bedroom. But but I love that theme of a nautical theme in a child's room using the soothing colors and then making sure that the, the pictures and the graphics have some white space so that there's not activity all over the entire room, but it has pops of color as well as some white space in there as well. Yeah, well, good to know, because I did did cancel it. I thought, no, I can't do this. I can't do it. So I've gone to a sports theme. Oh, I love that too. (laughs) I'm putting green carpet on the floor so it'll look like the AstroTurf. (laughs) And yeah, so it's going to be a sports theme and there's not going to be anything on the ceiling. As a mom with two boys, the sports theme always wins. So. It, it does, doesn't it? I raised two boys as well. And I remember doing a sports theme in each of their rooms. So now can we talk about emotional rest? Yeah, emotional rest really gets to the bottom of how authentic are we? How vulnerable are we within our relationships? And how truthful are we when we say we want to do something? I find that this is a really hard one for people who tend to be people pleasers. So if you find yourself saying no to things out of guilt or fear or shame, that might be a sign that you have an emotional rest deficit because you are kind of caving your own boundaries and caving your own desires to try to fit someone else's happiness without actually taking into account yours. And so I always say if any yes given out of guilt, fear, or shame really should have been a no. And we have to take ownership of that. We have to understand that boundaries by definition are confrontational and we can't be afraid of that. We have to be able to be vulnerable, trust our relationships and that the healthy relationships will thrive 
even when we give our truthful no. I love that. that. And I think everyone needs to hear that and take it to heart. So social rest is very, very important. Can you describe that? Social rest deals with the people in our life, whether they are negatively pulling from our social energy or are they positively pouring into us. And I think too often we get into situations where there aren't as many positive life-giving people who are positively pouring into us socially, and we get pulled by those people who are always needing something from us. And unfortunately, you know, those people that need you are often the people you love the most, your kids, your, you know, elderly parents or grandparents or whatever. But, and those same people can be life-giving and pour back into you, but you have to be aware of the balance of that relationship so that it doesn't become so one-sided that you're always the one pouring and never the one receiving because that becomes very dangerous. That's so true. And you're not saying to pull away from those important relationships just to give yourself a break every now and then, right? Yes. And to make sure that you are allowing them to pour back into you. Because if you, some, especially moms sometimes get very caught up on this. They are constantly pouring and pouring and doing for everybody. Yeah, their kids, their spouse, everybody. They're helping everybody. And they never allow time for people to help them. They never allow time for people to pour back into them and to, and to edify them either with their words or with their service or their acts of love. They're always the one in the giving and never in the receiving. That's so true. And you cannot feel guilty about saying, wait a minute, what about me? I need something too. I think a lot of times people will tend to feel guilty about saying, no, wait, let's focus on me for once. And I think don't feel guilty about that. You have a right to ask for your needs to be met for some me time. Absolutely. I, uh, that's a question I hear from women. Whenever I speak at women conferences or events, that's the number one thing that I hear. But what about when people, you know, push back on my rest or on my need for self-care? And what I always tell them to is to equip yourself with a ready answer for someone's rebuke. So someone says, well, why do you need to go, you know, whatever it is, your reply is to be the best version of myself. I need blank rest. Fill in which of the seven you need. And that's all you need to say, because at that point, you've explained to them why you need it and you don't have to further explain it. That's so true. I love that. What about new parents, especially mothers who are breastfeeding? It's so difficult to get this social rest in the beginning. It is. And one of the things that we found, particularly doing the past two years, is that with a lot of mom groups, what they started to do, they were experiencing the social rest virtually. And so that's one of the very cool things about social rest. It's that interaction and that ability to be able to, to feel like in, you're in community, that you're belonging, that you understand that there are other people walking through the same journey with you. And so I love it when mom groups, especially when they are kind of attached to their child and can't necessarily get away for a girl's night out, to, can come together and do a virtual coffee date. A lot of the women who we, we have seen do this, they set aside a block of time, they open up a Zoom room, anytime between 10 o'clock and 11, pop in as, you, you know, as you're able to and just have a cup of coffee with us. And so you can breastfeed during the coffee chat. You can do whatever, you can chase kids, you can do whatever you need to do, but you see that you're not in the journey alone. You get feedback and love from other moms that are in the group and you're able to build up that. that and you're really, you're able to fill that need if you're an extravert <laughs> to be around people. 
I love that. And especially, like you said, having a Zoom time, because you can get up, like you said, if you need to, and walk away, take care of your children, take care of needs there, but it's still there. You can come back and sit down and interact and chat. And and you're right, you have that time with others that can relate. And I'd love that idea. And then the final type of rest is spiritual rest, which is so important. Can you talk about that? Yes. Well, spiritual rest is so different, really based on your own faith and belief systems. But at the very core of it, regardless of what your overall faith system is, we all have a need to feel as if our lives have meaning and purpose, as if we belong to something bigger than ourselves, as as if we're contributing to something greater. And so that is really at the core of spiritual rest. And then for those who have a specific faith-based system, that further forms what that can look like, whether that's prayer or meditation or being a part of any specific groups. All of those are aspects of that physical rest. That's so true. Having a connection to the bigger picture is so important. Absolutely. Um, With, you know, with spiritual rest, it's, it's sometimes controversial because I'll have people who who are not of faith, and they'll say, do I really need that? Is that something that I really need? I think every life wants to feel as if it's contributing to the greater good, regardless of what your faith system is. And so with spiritual rest, that is such such a huge part of that. I completely agree. And could you please tell everyone where they can take your wonderful quiz to find out their deficiencies? Yeah, so my quiz is at restquiz.com. And then all of the research and information about the seven different types of rest are in my book, Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity. So if you're not deficient in something, should you still consciously make time for that type of rest? No, what I recommend is after someone takes the quiz, it gives you a score in all seven types of rest. And so you'll be able to see which ones you're most deficient in. Chances are you are naturally doing some things already to restore certain areas where you're expending energy. The places, if you're still feeling tired, however, after sleeping for eight hours, then chances are there is a rest deficit that's affecting you negatively. So focus your attention on those specific areas where you're not already doing a restorative practice. I see. So let me ask you this. Is burnout the result of multiple rest deficiencies or can it result from just one? Yeah, burnout has multi, is multifaceted, really. If we look at the World Health Organization's definition, it includes a, co- a couple of different components. Three, first, feeling tired all the time. So that feeling tired is the rest component. What kind of tired are you? Because, you know, saying that you're tired is like coming to a doctor and saying, I hurt. If someone came into my emergency room and say, hey, doc, I hurt, that is such pointless information. I don't even know where to do a test at or what to x-ray because you haven't specified what hurts. And so when we say we're tired, we really need to specify what kind of tired we are. And so then the second component of burnout includes decreased ability to do the work. So your productivity actually goes down. And then the third part has to do with you actually not enjoying the work anymore. You actually lose your, start losing some of the passion for the work that you were doing. Wow. Can you tell us about the REST method? Yeah, the REST method is, was my way of working through, because each of these types of REST, um, as when I burned out, it was really me trying to figure out how to survive a career that I loved. I love medicine. I love what I do but I could not survive at the pace that I was going without a restorative strategy. 
And so the REST method gave me that restorative strategy. It's it's really taking a look at first evaluate. First, we kind of have to recognize our current risk. That's the R. E is evaluating your situation. So once you realize you're at risk, what is my score? What is the REST quiz score saying about me? Then S is the science and the research because as a work-life integration researcher and, and physician, my mindset is always, what does the research show? How can I prove and then make sure that things are layered properly? And then T is today's application because just having the information without being able to apply it is not really beneficial. And it needed to be something I could apply today because when you're burned out and exhausted, then you know a plan that's gonna take 15 days to get any benefit doesn't sound promising. I wanna be able to get better sleep or at least feel less fatigued when I wake up in the morning. That's so fantastic. What are some of your favorite ways to get rest for yourself? My number one rest deficit is almost always emotional rest. And really it's because of the work that I do as an internal medicine physician, I work within the ER and ICUs. And so I see a lot of death. I see a lot of hard stuff. And I'm a I'm an empath, so when I see hard stuff, it affects me. And so I have to have an outlet to be able to express what I'm feeling without having to express it in the moment. Um, there's a professional emotional load that I that I choose to carry when I'm in the ICU. If I'm running a code, and if even if it's a patient I've seen for a hundred years, you know, somebody I feel is family, I can't burst out into tears because that doesn't serve my nursing staff or the patient's family. I have to keep all of that in check. And that's the professional emotional labor that I choose to carry for that role. However, when I leave that moment and I go home, if I'm not careful, I will carry the pain of that into my home and I'll be depressed and down and in a bad mood and all of those things because of the emotional drain of the moment. And so I have to have safeguards in place for myself to be able to make sure that I have an outlet for that that still keeps things confidential and still keeps things healthy. So is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? Anything exciting coming up? Yeah, there's always exciting stuff going on in the world of research, I think. So right now we're just kind of still looking at so many different ways with with human peak performance, specifically as it relates to restorative activities and how we can apply that within the, the corporate world because we're finding so many people are struggling with that right now. So many organizations across the globe that's a huge area of concern is that they're losing good people all because of work-life imbalance issues. And so we love taking a look at how to improve that, how to improve that work-life harmony uh, without them quitting their job. Wow. We're all so blessed and so fortunate to have you on this podcast today. You're just brilliant. Well, we've come to a place in the podcast that we do at the end of every podcast, and that's play a game. Do you like to play games? Yes. Well, we've created a game in honor of you and our topic, and the game is called Burned Out. (laughs) And (laughs) it's the counterpart to rest is sleep. We all need to make sure that on top of the rest we're getting, we're also making time to get a good night's sleep. I'm going to read off an interesting fact about sleep, and you have to guess if it's true or false. Okay. Okay. So true or false, you can die from sleep deprivation quicker than food deprivation. Oh, wow. I would probably say true. It is true. Who would have thought? I had to think about that. 
I believe that. I, I say that because in the ICU, when people don't sleep, they literally lose their mind. Oh, wow. Okay. So number two, true or false, dolphins only sleep with half of their brain. The other half remains alert to be on guard for predators. Oh, interesting question. I have no idea. I would probably say true. It's true. Where the term sleeping with one eye open comes from. Isn't that funny? Wow. It's true. (laughs) That would be a really cool trick if you were a mom. I know, isn't it? Wouldn't that be great? So number three, the record for the longest period without sleep is five days. I would think someone could probably go longer than that. It's false. false. Yes, it's false. (laughs) 11 days is the record. I can believe it. You know what? I believe it too, because I'm one of those that think I could probably go 11 days without sleep, but I don't know. I don't know. That's a long time. Five days. I don't even know if I could go five days, but okay. The next one, you should never wake up a sleepwalker. True or false? False. False. I would say you could wake them up. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You're right. False. That's a myth. It is not dangerous, but the person will feel some disorientation. That's funny. I think I have heard that. I think I would have said true because I think I was told one time that don't wake up a sleepwalker, but that's silly. I've heard that. I have heard that. I relate it to, it's very, it's very similar to um, trying to reorientate somebody with dementia. I've always heard people say, don't try to reorientate them. It's like, yes, you want to try. (laughs) You do. You want to try to reorientate them. Yes. Oh yes. I would think so too. Okay. The next one, sleeping on your left side reduces heartburn. That's interesting. I've heard that. Um, I would probably say false because I used to tell patients to elevate their head, not necessarily to flip oh, sides. Elevate your head for that. Okay, that's true. Really? Sleeping on your left side reduces heartburn. Now, I do know that sleeping on your left side allows you, it, it's it's good for uh, circulation. circulation. Yeah, and your heart. I've never heard that with heartburn. Wow. Because I always tell people to elevate their heads with heartburn. That's interesting. Okay, well, I, I sleep on my left side anyway. Okay, next, sloths sleep for up to two days at a time. That's interesting. I don't know if I know anything about a sloth. I don't Except either. that they sleep all the time. So I'd probably say true. But it's false. They Is it? <laughs> they sleep 15 to 18 hours per day. Oh, okay. So they are great sleepers, just not that great. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't know anything about sloths either. Okay, this is the last one. Fish don't sleep. I've never thought about a fish sleep. I, I would say that's false. It's true. Oh my God, they don't <laughs> sleep? <laughs> it says true. They do not enter REM sleep. Oh, okay. So do they do non-REM? Well, I don't I don't think they sleep. I don't. <laughs> it says You're they the don't sleep. <laughs> but you know what? I don't think so I've ever funny. seen a fish sleep because... I don't think I have either, but I'm starting to think, wouldn't everything have to sleep at some point? In I time? mean, they would look dead if they're like. <laughs> I mean, if dolphins. Oh, that's. True. <laughs> I think I'm thinking they're probably like dolphins. Like they sleep 
there's some type of with an eye open, but, but yeah, <laughs> but you know, we have a koi pond at our house and we have koi fish in it and I've never seen one still. I really That's have never such seen an one interesting still. thought. I don't think I've ever thought about it. But it says they, they <laughs> don't sleep, but it says here they get rest though. They get rest. Oh, now that's a very cool differentiation. They get into that, a rest is, phase. They get into rest. Yeah, that is exactly, well, I love that. I'm going to have to remember that because that's what I'm always telling people. Sleep and rest are not the same thing. That's true. I just didn't know fish are going to be the ones who, who prove it. They get into a restful space, but don't sleep. I love That's it. what I'm reading here. <gasps> How interesting. That is really, really relevant for our our time today. So that unfortunately brings us to the end of this episode. But before we completely say goodbye and end this, I have one more question for you. I started this podcast and I'm calling it I've Got a Secret because I believe we all have little secrets that we've learned from our loved ones or our friends, family members throughout our life that might help change someone else's life. So do you have a secret that you have learned from someone that you can share with the listeners? Yes, I would probably say the secret that I learned came from my great grandmother. Um, and the specifically it relates to how you, how you enter into times of service with other people. And so what she would always do is she would always make a point of finding one person every day that she was going to bless unnecessarily. And I find in doing that, what happens is not only do they get a smile on their face, but you get a smile on your face because you know you didn't have to do it. You chose to be a blessing in someone's life. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, I love that. I love that secret. That's so, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. I don't think I've ever thought about that in a long time. So it, it was great to have that memory of her again. Oh, that's so wonderful. Thank you. So can you please tell the listeners where to find you online? Yes, my main website is ichoosemybestlife.com. And then my professional website is under my business. And so they can just simply type in drdaltonsmith.com and it'll take you to all my links. Oh, I love that. You have just been such a joy today, and it's just been wonderful. So thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. And I want to tell the Secret Squad, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for more of this episode. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.